Welcome to the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life. And I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell. We are excited. We are thankful to be back for another season here with the Diligent Podcast, of course, under the Scattered Abroad Network. And this season, season five, we are going to be studying uh, being diligent with the prophets. Of course, uh, we know that the prophets are broken down. What we see to be two major sections, the major prophets and the minor prophets. And that simply simply is because of the uh, magnitude or the chapters, that is, as it pertains to uh, these particular books. And so, though we don't have time to uh, look at every single prophet verse by verse. We certainly want to give you some overview of what was going on during their times in history and and especially how these things are very applicable to us today and, and, and how we can really grow and, and learn from all of these things, especially in our relationship with God. So when we're looking at any uh, section of scripture, we have to keep two things in mind. First and foremost, we have to view this in the context in which the writer intended for these things to be given to us. And so if you are, uh, I'll give Isaiah for an example, if you're living during the days of Isaiah the prophet, you first and foremost have to view this from the perspective of Isaiah giving to this and also the audience who is receiving this message as well. And then we look at those things and we make application as it pertains to us today. And again, in our relationship with God. So again, season five, I'm going to give you a different prophet. Some of these may be a part one and part two of a particular prophet. And we'll just kind of gauge that as we go forward, looking at our time. But also want to encourage you guys to make sure you go listen to uh, all the podcasts under the Scattered Abroad Network, collection of podcasts, collection of great preachers, great friends, all coming together to spread the message of our God. And so as you consider the prophets and as you consider the great work that they were given to do by God Almighty, it is a very thankless work from the people's perspective. It was a very humbling work for these men who were uh, being asked by God to do these great works and to do these things especially. So one of the things I appreciate about the prophets is their willingness to do exactly what God has asked them to do. And you may think that is a, a natural reaction. God gives us a command and we follow that command and we just do what God tells us to do. But sometimes that's not always the immediate response to when God has given us a word or given us a command uh, as it pertains to us uh, preaching and us giving this message to uh, the people of God. And so just all these prophets, they show us not only that they themselves were man, but it also gives us a great insight, especially into the God that we serve. And whatever we're studying, whether it's this podcast or any other one, we always want to point people to the gospel and we always want them to know that they too can have a relationship with God. And for those of us who already have that relationship, we can certainly strengthen our relationship with God by the studying and by the feasting and the engaging constantly 
upon the word of God. So with all that being said, as you consider the first prophet, I want to talk about uh, this first episode on this fifth season is that of Isaiah. Now, of course, we know, let's kind of back up a little bit. Of course, we know that God's kingdom was united for a total of 133 years under three kings, that being Saul, David, and Solomon. And so at the death of Solomon, his son Rehoboam ascended into the throne. And ultimately, God was going to divide that nation as an act of judgment, where he was going to send 10 tribes to the north. That was going to be the nation of Israel. And then two tribes to the south, which we know that was going to be God's people. They're living in the city of Jerusalem. And so when we consider this northern kingdom and you think about all the kings that they had, the Bible teaches us that none of those kings were good. All of them did evil. All of them followed the example of the one that came before them. None of them made themselves different from everyone else that was around them. And ultimately, in 722 BC, their national history came to a cease when they were taken into Assyrian captivity. But while they were there, they received this message and this and this preaching from Isaiah the prophet, which eventually uh, we see was going to point them to some great things that were going to uh, happen for them. And, and when you look at these names of these prophets throughout the Bible, it's so interesting that when you look at the name Isaiah, his name means God is my salvation or God is salvation. And in chapter 12, verse 1 to verse number 5, there good, good preaching, good, good teaching there from that particular text there. Isaiah is receiving this song and he's giving this song to the people. And that's also a good thing for us to keep in mind when you're studying the book of Isaiah. It's not just a collection of Isaiah necessarily preaching to them, but you also have these songs that also uh, are parallel with the text. And as you walk down the book of Isaiah, you certainly uh, see those things uh, beginning to unfold. Of course, uh, we know that during this time in history, uh, the Bible shows us in verse number one, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, and these were the kings of Judah. And so the Bible is going to show us here in verse 2 to verse number 4, just the sinfulness of the nation in which Isaiah found himself in. The Bible identifies them as a sinful nation, a seed of evildoers. Uh, they have gone away. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They have gone away backward. And when you have a nation like that, and they just can constantly go backward, and they're just not listening to God, they're not obeying God, we see uh, the end result of that so much that later on, when you look at one of the minor prophets in Amos chapter 8, verse 11 and 12, there the Bible says there is a famine in the land, not of bread, nor of a thirst of water, but of a hearing of the word of God. And so the Bible teaches us that from the last prophet, which we know to be Malachi, up until the preaching of John the Baptist, that period in the middle, which is called the intertestamental period, 
uh, that period, 500 to 600 years, they were uh, not going to receive a message uh, from God until John the Baptist came. We read about that, of course, in Matthew chapter 3, the preaching of John the Baptist, which ultimately is going to point us to Jesus uh, the Christ. And so, again, we see just the failure from God's people to listen to God, and we see what happened to them as a result of that. And when you look at our world today and our nation, we have many, many similarities with the world of Isaiah's day. And we see how those things, again, are hindering our relationship with God as well. But one of the key things that we always like to consider from the book of Isaiah is chapter two in those first two verses especially. This prophecy that Isaiah has recorded for those to read during that time, and of course for us today, uh, this prophecy is in connection to the New Testament church that our Lord is going to establish. He's already established that church, but reading this in the context that he was coming to this world uh, to establish. And the Bible says here in Isaiah 2, 1 and 2, Verse three as well, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. So this is a prophecy that he is seeing in connection to Judah and Jerusalem. Verse two, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Now, when you see this phrase, and it shall come to pass a great many times throughout the Bible, but What's interesting is Isaiah says, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Now, the Bible in the world, that is, is broken down into three dispensations of times. You have the patriarchal dispensation. Patri, uh, patri means a father. Archie means rule. You have a father rule system where the father acted as a priest on behalf of his entire family. We see an example of that in Job chapter 1, verse number 5. Job is jokes, especially would have been a patriarch. We also see that with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and well as well. And we see the dispensation begins to change when God calls Moses up on Mount Sinai there in Exodus chapter 20. And now you have God governing his people with this law. Of course, the Ten Commandments, and that is further explained in the book of Leviticus as well. And so during this time, the prophets would have been living during this same time as well. And this is going to carry us all the way through the intertestamental period up until Jesus dying on the cross that we read about in Acts chapter 2. And so those last days is the last dispensation of time, the Christian age in which we're living in today. He says that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established and the top of the mountains. Now, this is a prophecy 700 years before Jesus was even going to come into this world. And the Bible shows us that the establishment of the New Testament church is predicated not just on the fact that a savior is born and a savior lives and a savior and he dies as well. But this prophecy is in direct connection with the resurrection of Jesus, because after the resurrection of Jesus in Acts chapter one, verse number six to verse number 10, he's going to ascend back to heaven. And in Acts chapter two, verse one to verse number five there, 
these apostles are endowed or endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. Mark 9, verse number 1, Luke chapter 24, verses number 46 and following there, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And so now in Acts chapter 2, we see that prophecy now being fulfilled. We see how that spirit is being poured out upon them. Joel chapter 2 and verse number 28. So 700 years before Jesus is even born, we read of these prophecies concerning the church that he was going to come establish. And you may be asking, how do we know that this is not a prophecy talking about some other church or it's not talking about some other religion today? Well, the reason why we know that is because later on in this book, Isaiah in chapter 7, verse 14, Isaiah 9, verse 6, Isaiah 52, Isaiah 35, and also Isaiah 53, he's going to give us direct revelation that he has received from God talking about Jesus. And so when you tie all of those verses in together, Isaiah 2, 1 and 2, and all the prophecies concerning Jesus coming to save us from our sins, Isaiah 7, verse 14, Isaiah 9, verse number 6, that can only lead to that one person, that, that being Jesus, that being the Christ. And so we see how the scriptures perfectly harmonize each other in, in many different sections of the Bible. So the Bible says, it shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. This kingdom, this church, as Paul talks about in Galatians 3, 26 and following, this is not just a Jew and Gentile type of church. This is not just a church just for the Jews or just for the Gentiles. We see that in the first three chapters in the book of Romans there, Paul deals extensively with that conversation there. And as he writes to the congregations here at Galatia, we see that Paul is showing us that if you are the seed of Abraham, then you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, you have to keep in mind that the Jews are going to struggle with this throughout the New Testament because their argument is going to be, well, they are descendants of Abraham. And then Jesus tells them, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and he was glad. And so we see the significance and the importance of what Jesus says to those Jews on that day. Because again, all throughout the New Testament, we see that thing being given to us that Jesus is coming to save us from our sins. And again, that is displayed and seen in the fact that all these prophecies in the Old Testament point to one man. And of course, that, that being Jesus. Verse three, he says, and many people shall go and say, come ye, many people, all nations, all people, all languages, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. What is he coming to do? Number one, he will teach us of his ways. Number two, we will walk in his paths. And then number three, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from the city of Jerusalem. And in Acts chapter one and verse number eight, that's exactly what our Lord says. And ye shall be witnesses among you, and it shall go forth from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. In Colossians chapter one, Paul says every individual under heaven during his time had heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we see this gospel is not just 
a message for the Jew. It's not just a message for those who were living in Jerusalem. It's not just a message for those who were there on the day of Pentecost, but this message is a universal message to all nations, people, languages, tribes, and tongues uh, under this side of heaven. Certainly appreciate you guys uh, listening to this first episode on season five here of the Diligent Podcast. So much that we can learn from Isaiah chapter two, and we're going to continue the study in Isaiah chapter seven, uh, two weeks from now. So certainly appreciate you all listening to this episode of the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life. And I'm your host, Joshua Kentrell. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.